Hello and welcome back to Very Good Video Games. My name is Levi, I'm your host once again, and I'm back from vacation, and I'm joined once again by Scott and Dylan. Gentlemen, how the devil are you doing? It's been a long time. We're doing great. Thanks for asking. Had a dreadful time playing this game. Ooh. <laughs> I want to change my well, answer. Me too. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Nope. It's been an absolutely dreadful time playing Metroid Dread, the game that we're going to be talking about today. Um, I got a little fun trivia about Metroid Dread, actually, for you here. Uh, it's developed by Nintendo and Mercury Steam, a developer from Spain. The game Metroid Dread was originally announced back for the Nintendo DS, I believe, back in the mid-2000s. And then it was never heard from again until the summer of 2021, where they just, like, during a Nintendo Direct, just... We're like, oh, and by the way, here's Metroid Dread. It's finally coming out after, what, 15 years or so of just no word whatsoever. Wild. So wait, did you say DS or 3DS? Uh, Nintendo DS. Yeah. What? That's weird. That's crazy. Well, I remember Samus Returns came out for the 3DS, and I feel like that was a little bit of like a test run. To, yeah. Like a test, mm -hmm. like test the waters. I mean, they know that we want Metroid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, Samus Returns was like kind of like a reimagining of the series, and they adopted a lot of the gameplay stuff from that game into this one. Which, Some of it, apparently, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which I thought turned out really well. Like going going straight into. It. I mean, okay. I guess before we get into the gameplay and stuff, we got to say spoilers ahead for Metroid Dread. Yeah, uh, Metroid Dread. I I personally haven't played many of the Metroid games other than this one. I played Metroid, uh, Super Metroid. I got, I think, I think I got about halfway through it, and I know that game is held in very high esteem. But I, I personally just couldn't finish it. You know, the gameplay just kind of feel like felt like it had aged a bit, and I, I can totally see like if if I had played that game when it first came out, like I would have just been like mind blown. Like like as far as like like aesthetics and like just the feel of it and everything. Like it, it just was so cool. Like the, the music, the graphics, it was just it was incredible. But yeah, I, I just felt like it hasn't aged perfectly. So I really appreciated the gameplay of Metroid Dread. What uh what, have you guys have any experience with the Metroid series other than this one? Yeah, so I've also played Super Metroid. In fact, I played it when Metroid Dread came out because I had I hadn't played it, and I did it in anticipation. And you know that was like a year ago, basically. Mm -hmm. And I remember just loving it. I was like pretty damn impressed. I know, like you said, it's maybe a little rough around the edges, but considering it's from Super Nintendo era, I was thoroughly impressed by that. I know this is not a review of Super Metroid, but. It I, is. Spoilers! I have also played Super Metroid, and yeah, now it's a review of Super Metroid as well. <laughs> yes. No, but it it is held in such high esteem because it is so good. And just another game that I have played is the actual original Metroid, which is mm. dog shit. I mm -hmm. hate that game. It's so bad. Yeah. It's like I get what they were going for, but it's like Super Metroid perfected it. Yeah. And I guess I've I also played the Metroid Prime trilogy, but that's just. It's kind of a different experience. Still very good, but not quite the 2D experience of the mm -hmm. of most uh, Metroid games. Yeah, I've heard really good things about yeah the GameCube series, and I guess it's on Wii as well. Yeah, mm -hmm. the, third, the third one was released on Wii. In fact, there's the trilogy disc that I have for Wii. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I kind of I was kind of hoping that they would remake that for the Switch, just the trilogy, 
just so I could actually fully dive into it. Because I think I'd only ever played uh, Metroid Prime 1 at like a friend's house when I was, when the game first came out and just had no idea what I was getting into and never yeah. got to really dive into it. It always seemed yeah. cool. So it's interesting because you two have kind of seemed to have recent experiences with Metroid. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, I actually have a pretty extensive history with the series. Oh, yeah. Um, starting with the um, most well-known Metroid game, Super Smash Brothers. Um, <laughs> Samus was, since I picked up the game when I was a kid, my main. And that was also... Um, my cousin told me like, oh, did you know Sam's actually a girl? It's like, no, no way. It's like, no way, man. If, you, if she gets if she gets shocked, like you can see her outline is like clearly a woman. It's like, oh, shit, it is like, it's, yeah, like it looks there's boobs in that like pixelated outline. <laughs> um, see those polygons? Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See how there's more triangles on the chest. Um, <laughs> uh, so I was kind of exposed to it really early on. And then, uh, like Levi's experience, um, one of my friends got Metroid Prime on the GameCube and saw us like, whoa, this is different from most other games that I've seen, especially on the GameCube. But it was really when I was a teenager that I started to go through the back catalog. That's when I originally played Super Metroid, but also the um, Game Boy games and the first Metroid Prime, which were all relatively recent at the time. And then I basically put down the trilogy the series until Metroid Dread came out. Um, and when I picked up Metroid Dread, I actually replayed Super Metroid kind of in, in anticipation. And I agree with Scott, it holds up pretty well. Although also, as Levi said, it's kind of clunky in places, in particular the controls. The difference yeah. between controls are night and day between Super Metroid and Metroid Dread, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. Something I think that I really appreciated about Metroid Dread over Super Metroid, and this is something I say I think almost every episode, is that I love awesome, fun movement, and Metroid, mm-hmm. Metroid Dread is just like full of it. Like I think a common thing that I don't really like about the Metroidvania series is that you start off really underpowered. <laughs> I'm just going to... Metroidvania is not a series. It's a genre. Right. Okay, yes, the Metroidvania <laughs> genre. <laughs> Is that you start off uh, like usually pretty underpowered and like with no abilities whatsoever, you know, maybe basic just jumping, shooting, what have you. And then you slowly, as the game goes on, unlock or gather more and more abilities. And usually by the end, you're this big powerhouse, like usually like flaming swords and flying across the map kind of thing. And that's something I usually don't like about it is because I usually like being able to access the fun aspects of a game like earlier on and let that kind of mm-hmm. speak for itself. But that's something I liked about Metroid Dread is that I found a lot, a lot of the movement abilities you unlock in this game, you get like fairly early on. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, the um, I, can't, I can't remember what any of the abilities are called, really, but like the, the one that like, you like tap a and like, you kind of like zip three times in a direction on a horizontal line. Mm-hmm. And like you can do it three times in succession or just like once and be done. Yeah. It's uh, just like I, I just call it the dodge. Yeah, it's like a dodge dash kind of thing. Yeah. And then there's also like the the super like run, the super jetpack run. We have to run in a straight line yeah. for a while. Yeah, the shine spark. Yeah, shine spark. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Speed I like, booster shine spark. Two different things, mm-hmm. kind of. Yeah, yeah. I, I think kind one of was not really Metroid, well, the right? shine spark yeah. is specifically when you hold it and then use it. And like release. Oh, okay. Mm. Okay. 
Um, anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah, no, I, I just really appreciated the game, like giving those tools to you early on because, man, some of the puzzles and some of the movement you could do with those abilities, specifically like the Shine Spark jetpack one whatever those mm-hmm. okay so the speed booster shine spark puzzles yep. were maybe my favorite part of the game um yeah they were very fun to figure out and i remember before i even played the game i remember talking to drew about this and mm. he was saying like how much he liked the shine spark puzzles mm-hmm. and yeah. i have to agree that they were very clever there was one that i had a little bit of grief with because there's a mechanic with it that is not explained in game but as soon as i looked up the hint of like i didn't look up how to do this one puzzle but i basically did because there's this mechanic where if you aim yourself diagonally at a diagonal surface you like if you shoot yourself into it you actually continue running with it and so you Mm -hmm. can keep and then you can store it again it's a very specific and weird mechanic that isn't really used very much in the game yeah i think yeah i think i know what you're talking about because i looked up some solutions to the puzzles because i was like i was seeing some that like you clearly had to like load the shine spark in one room and then use it in like three rooms over i'm like how in the hell am i supposed to do this i looked it up saw someone complete the puzzle and like I was still, how the hell am I supposed to do this? <laughs> You're like trying and, to look up a guide and it's like, I feel like that didn't help at all. It's yeah. so complicated. <laughs> That's the thing. It, it's not explained in the game, but as soon as I looked it up, I sort of remembered it from previous games that I think I saw in speedruns because I think they use it in speedruns. Oh, I can totally see that. I think it's even in Super Metroid. I, I can't remember for sure, but I'm, it's a, I think it's an old mechanic that is just, yeah. it's, it's not really talked about right it is very interesting i was a little bit annoyed by the shine spark actually because on the one hand although i really appreciated how creative you had to be with it the fact they didn't really explain the whole if you're on diagonal surface you can use it and then store it again Mm. like really meant i couldn't solve the puzzles and i was not patient enough to really there was only yeah. one puzzle that yeah. I think really took advantage of it. So hope, oh. I think if you didn't solve any other ones, then that's just on you. There's <laughs> there's a few of them for sure, actually, oh, okay. that do okay. rely on the diagonal thing. Mm-hmm. I only used it once. I must have just figured out a different way, maybe. I don't know. Did you yeah. 100% the game, though? Yes, I did. Oh, oh. wow. Okay. Completionist as always, Scott. Well... That's the thing that I was actually very surprised about with this game is that I did 100% it because typically I'm in the 75, maybe 85% range in Metroid games. Like, I, there's no, they, there's just no way to find everything. But in this game, I found that they made it a lot simpler. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, I didn't know how I felt about that just because I don't know if a game has to be easy to 100% to make it like worthwhile. You know what I mean? Like it should kind of mm-hmm. like take a lot of effort if you really want to find everything and, and be a completionist. Yeah. Um, I mean, this, I guess this, like that- this, this game's not really a collectathon style game, you know? It's not like yeah. Kirby or Mario where it really implores you to find everything. Mm-hmm. Um, in a way, it does though, because it kind of ended up just becoming that after always telling you how much you res- like, how much you collected at the end of the games. So, I don't know. Metroid almost kind of did evolve into a collectathon style game where it's like, you got to find all the missile packs. And oh my God, the missile packs. <laughs> dude, the missile packs are everywhere. You got to find all of them, dude. 
man talk about the missile packs like going through like a crazy like shine sprite puzzle or something getting to the end and be like yes what did i unlock and it's like hey increase your missile capacity by two i'm like (laughs) damn it man I mean, I had a lot of fun solving the puzzle, but I felt like some of the times the rewards for the puzzles were a little bit like cheap. It felt like it's, it's, a, it's, it's so an interesting design. Missiles. Yeah, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an interesting design choice because in the one hand, I think most Metroid games are actually very focused on the core gameplay loop and progression. So mm. the reason why you're getting missile packs and health tanks is because that's what you need to complete the game. You need some stuff to damage the final boss and to tank lots and lots of hits from the final boss, which we will discuss the final boss at some point. (laughs) Um, And so that's what they make the collectibles. There's no like, you know, green bananas and blue bananas to get at the same time. Mm -hmm. My God. No one's hundred percenting DK 64, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Actually, yeah, speaking of like the loop of the game, you how do I put this? You know, in my experience with the Metroidvania genre, I find that I tend to, you know, progress and do a little exploration, go back to places that yeah. I remember. Whereas this one, yeah, I sort of deviated if something was close by or if I happened to be passing through a place, but I found that the game's flow really kept you going along the main path. And it's funny calling it a main path because it is such a maze like map that mm-hmm. you end up actually staying on route pretty well I, I found it quite genius how they kept you on the game's main path yeah no i totally agree i only i felt like they really utilized the entire like, map of the entire world that you were playing like really well there's only like a couple of places i felt were really just like offshoot kind of like side quest areas that mm-hmm. ended up once again, just getting you a couple of missile upgrades, but we're yeah. still fun puzzles on their own. But uh, yeah, no, I totally agree. It, it was really good at, for being such a maze labyrinth. Like it was really good at keeping you shot in the right direction. Yeah, basically before I got to the final area, and it's pretty obvious it's the final area, I was like mm-hmm. not really exploring. And then when I found the final area, I was like, all right, I'm going to go exploring and look for everything. Because I actually knew that I had all the tools to find everything because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. i know like man. the power bomb takes a long time to get to eventually i kept seeing these things around and it's funny because yeah. like I-, I know that there's a power bomb but like <laughs> i kept forgetting that there was one did yeah. um did you uh find the part where there's a power bomb upgrade and it's hidden behind a block that says you need the power bomb upgrade for it and it was like uh what the hell is this here well yeah, it, made I, a I little, that, yeah. it made a little sense i was like obviously you get it somehow their way but it it did make you go a little bit of like a (laughs) (laughs) I found I was finding power bomb upgrades before getting the power bomb and every time you do that it's like oh you don't know what this is yet but save it for later kind of thing I did get one or two before yeah so I'm actually gonna sidestep to the plot because that's actually really funny Um, Mm. so the plot of the game is this is actually the last metroid game in the canon Mm -hmm. and the funny thing about metroid is that even though it's not nintendo's most popular franchise it is the only game as far as i know that has like a 100 percent consistent canon where every game is canon and can track everything on a very clear timeline Mm-hmm. Well, yes. there's a timeline for Zelda now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, that's. And he's talking about like one where they I'm planned kidding. on I'm it kidding. having I'm like kidding. a consistent timeline. <laughs> anyway, so 
It has 100% because it's a timeline. So, of course, there's lots of other games where Samus gets, say, the super bomb or something. So the fact that she is doing this and is looking at this is like, I don't know what this is. It's like, <laughs> lady, six I've never seen ago, this you in my life. planet with these. Yeah, that, that does make it harder for the devs, like sticking to a very consistent timeline, like finding like a good story reason for why you need to get the same upgrades. Mostly well, guys, guys, and this we all, it's it's explained very clearly in this. It's physical amnesia, right? <laughs> right. Wait, isn't physical that physical amnesia? That's that what a, the term that that's the term that her Adam AI says. Oh, yeah, and yes. it just well, yeah. Sorry, I One thought more. you were making a reference to other M and its reason for why she can't use <laughs> her stuff. I was no. looking. Up, I was looking this up. Where I never yeah. played other M. Apparently, but it just makes should. me think of. It just makes me think of. Oh no, my power ups. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>. just, just <laughs> tripping and all of them falling out of her pocket yeah oh my gosh hey to the people listening and you know what i'm talking about you must be old yeah that's a <laughs> that's an old reference very obscure old reference um, yeah yeah looking up other m's method of how you forget your power-ups i guess you do, okay she doesn't even technically forget her power-ups in that game is this it's just that because she's working with like the space federation she isn't technically like she, she's not the commanding officer or something. And so her commanding officer gives her authorization to use certain power-ups that she already has for the mission. And that's how you unlock it in that game. And it's functionally the exact same as in this game and every other game. It's just that like, from a story standpoint, you're like, what? Just let me use my super powerful suit <laughs> to destroy all the, our enemies. Right, I know. And it, look, the, this is one of those games from the era where the story doesn't really matter that much. You know, mm -hmm. the story in the original Zelda is like, yeah, you gotta go get this princess. Same with Mario. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't remember what the original Metroid technically was about. Uh, I think the Metroid killing, killing the Metroid. Kill the Metroid. Yeah. Yes. Princess. Get, get Princess yeah. Samus or something, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know that, like, obviously, all those series have adapted to make the story a little bit more engaging and interesting, but mm -hmm. they still just focus on the gameplay first and then tack mm -hmm. on whatever explanation they want. Yeah. Whether whether it's fucking some colonel saying this, like, <laughs> you can't, you you can and can't do this in this mission, and then or you just physically forgot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I mean, talking about story though, for. Metroid Dread, I found like the story and the cutscenes to be like really cool. Dude, the cutscenes like, were so badass. Yeah. Like I felt like it, it reminded me a lot of Majora's like Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, where you're, you're you're playing a sequel and like this character you're playing has like a huge history that everyone knows is like they're a badass. In Majora's Mask, they represent that in game by like right at the beginning. You're playing as Link from the the previous game, Orcrane of Time, and like he's gone in that story, gone and been an adult, defeated Ganon, like he's a sword master basically, and now you're a kid again. And right off the bat in Majora's Mask, you're like every time you jump, you do like little like somersaults and flips, and you can just see he's like super acrobatic and like he has all those memories. And so I thought it was really cool that they represented that in Metroid Dread through the cutscenes and how just badass Samus is and like some of the moments it's just like a total anime cutscene or fight scene. Samus just... has always been a badass, dude. That's like the main appeal. Totally. Just, but, but she's like so hardcore. She's just like, she doesn't give a shit about anything. Just like, <laughs> we'll fuck you up. <laughs> yeah. And I felt like they really represented that well in the cutscenes. Like, like, like they finally have the ability to do that because most of the other games... I mean, I don't know about uh, Prime, but like the older games, they couldn't really 
display that as as succinctly Even, as they could in these well pr- pr- prime was on wii and gamecube they had the capabilities to do some cool stuff they just didn't mm-hmm. like yeah, there yeah. there were some cool cutscenes, just not the same as dread where they're very action sequences yeah like, samus does not tend in the earliest games to be characterized that clearly in terms of cutscenes, mm-hmm. it's all lore and her actions in game that lend her characterization in some other games there are essentially text cutscenes where she's like talking to herself and that's like the game boy advance games where right you know you can't really do much on a game boy advance so they just put text over you know single shot or something yeah this is the first game that people like that really has <laughs> Samus doing things in cutscenes and even speaking at one point mm-hmm. that still maintains her like core character traits, but still manages to give her some personality independent of her in gameplay, which I think they did amazingly well in this game, actually. Totally. They yeah. did a great job. Like in, in that one scene you're talking about when she meets the Chozo scientist and like finally speaks and exposition I, man exposition oh yeah that's a huge exposition dump but uh, his like, name was quiet robe just quiet robe yes yep. just it talked a lot for a guy named quiet robe <laughs> <laughs> yeah no they, they did a great job and like that one scene where she first speaks like it almost feels like the, the way they shot it was almost like a build-up like a big reveal even though yeah she has spoken in previous games it's like the first time where they were like okay we have a really clear idea and like a good idea of like how we want to portray the character of Samus and how badass she is. Mm-hmm. And they really like, uh, uh, this is from me who hasn't played the other games. It's just my idea of who the Samus character is. Like it, I thought they just nailed it. Like she seemed like such a cool, like powerful, strong woman and a total badass. I love Yeah. Her. She doesn't say it. she, she actually, the only line she says is actually spoken in the Chozo language. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's why it worked. Yeah, Yeah. I thought that worked really well because obviously, because obviously in other M, she talks like such a weak little (laughs) bitch. (laughs) Ridley, the the thing that always surprised me because I've I've not played other M, but I've seen like thirty seconds of cutscene. Like that's that's all I need from this. And the thing that's striking on the timeline is like this is after Super Metroid that it's happening. Like she is a heart like she was a hardened badass in canon when she was like 16 mm-hmm. before any of the games and then she acts like that when really the way she's characterized in dread where she speaks one line in chozo it's just like yeah bro i'm gonna do this is based yeah. on the translation <laughs> uh yeah. it's great it's perfect that's all you need from her and it speaks volumes to who she is as a character that paired with both her action and gameplay and the uh, bit of screaming she does in cutscenes at times. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, I actually really appreciated some of the um, loading screens and stuff. Like, even though it is loading, like, I like it when games do that where they, they kind of like just give you moments with the character and especially with a character like Samus, who is usually by herself and really quiet. Like, in, the, in this, in the scenes I'm talking about are when you're using like the train system to travel between maps or, the the elevator system it just like has a loading screen of samus just standing there and it's just like quiet and it's just something about it just seemed like like perfect for samus and it was just like it felt like the art direction just was just oozing out of this game in every frame basically it's as far as like gameplay goes and like the world design the cutscenes. oh it was just i loved this game i loved it i love it 
I like it. It was real good. I just love the way it tastes. <laughs> well, I, I, first off, I feel like we haven't even talked about like the major thing in the game, which is the um, Emmys. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. Not, not the award show. The robots. <laughs> <laughs> the award-winning robots. <laughs> the award-winning robots. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, what did you guys think about those the Emmy sections? Like, it's kind of it kind of turned the game into a little. It, I think it was going for like a horror aspect of it. I don't think mm -hmm. it was yeah. necessarily it didn't execute it like that perfectly, but it was still like suspenseful. I found Metroid yeah. has always been basically. Um, I say this with all the love in the world. Uh, alien for eight-year-old. So, well, yeah. yeah, it's Ridley's basically it's it's literally a name from the the Alien mm -hmm. movie. Well, pretty much. Oh, yeah. Ripley is the yes. no, but oh, Scott yeah, Scott Ripley. Ridley directed Alien. Oh, Ridley Scott, yeah, yeah, you're right. Or Ridley Scott. Yeah, you're yeah. actually yeah, obviously you're right. All right, and Rid Ridley definitely looks like they took some design decisions or mm -hmm. inspirations from the Alien Alien. No, mm -hmm. but yeah, they've always tried to go for a little bit of a suspenseful factor in yep. the Metroid games, I thought. Yep. Not too much. It's not trying to be it's not trying to be uh, you know, fear based or anything, you know. Yeah. Or it's... or uh Outlast. <laughs> yeah. But I mean <laughs> yeah. I mean the, the subtitle for this this game is called Dread, so it kind of felt like they were kind of going for a bit more of like a mm -hmm. spooky, maybe like it was dreadful tones mm -hmm. in some spots. Actually, like the music is really creepy. Like the little mm -hmm. noises yeah. they make. They have the little grainy filter when you're in the Emmy zones. Oh yeah. yeah. And even like when Kay was downstairs and was watching me for a little bit, he's like, "This is kind of creepy." <laughs> <laughs> well, especially when you're like hear them making more noise and they're creeping up. It's like uh, I just gotta get through the section. And yeah. then all of a sudden you yeah. see like the um, field of view come in at the side of the screen. Oh, yeah, no. dude. Yeah. It, it, it is intended to restrict your vision to build the suspense and stuff. Yeah, that's. I thought uh, it was. I thought it did good for that. Like, yeah, it, man, running away. I mean, running away was one thing when you were kind of like, okay, I'm used to this one zone, but going into the new zones and not knowing oh where you gosh. even have to go, and you're like freaking Just out. You're like, fuck, I need running, to go. Where. <laughs> you're like stressing running out. blind and like coming into a dead end. You're like, ah, oh, shit, and then you get grabbed, and then you have to do the freaking timing of like the parrying. Ah. Oh. How did you guys do with the counters, by the way? Mostly good, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely say like 20% of the time I would successfully parry. And I have to say like at first it was 100% of the time. And then by the end of the game, I was at like, first. I, like I, got, I, I, I felt like I got the timing down later on, even though you, like, can't, you can't time it, though. No, I know, but like I kind of got used to the timing that they would kind of shoot for in like a timing window, so to speak. So I just like randomly push X when I thought they were going yeah, to. Yeah, that's what I would do. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. You have to get lucky. It was a luck. Yeah. Okay. I was yeah. going to say, I was like 20%. I don't even know if I did that well, but maybe. I, I, I don't know how many times I got caught really. I, I felt like I could reliably, like, if I was caught one time at the end of the game, 50% chance I would counter them the first time mm. they caught me. But the thing is, the timing window keeps changing. Yeah. So if they caught me twice, I, I would always lose the second. So one. I was quite pleased with myself when I was in a new zone and like trying to escape and I was like freaking out and it caught me at a dead end. And I was just like, I, uh, I got out like on the second attempt on it killing me. And then it's like, it grabbed me again within the same chase and I escaped that one as well. And I was like, fucking wow. crazy. Damn, that's. 
That's when it gets really intense. Yeah, that's I know. Cool. It was one of those times I was like, oh, I should have been recording. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. I The only time I really kind of lost my patience with the Emmy sections was the water level. Because... Oh, was that the one reasons, that could see you no matter what? Or it could always hear you? It could always hear you, and you were hmm. really slow in the water before yeah. you got the gravity suit. <laughs> so I was, I was like, fuming. Well, I kept getting caught <laughs> over and over again, and I kept, like, losing my route. So I was like, fuck! It's like, I, you know, I'd be sitting in the corner in, in my morph ball form, but losing yeah. energy because yeah. I was invisible. And it's like, okay, so he's funny. gone. He's gone as far as he gets. Okay, I gotta start moving. It's like, immediately here. So he's like, fuck, I just gotta climb up the walls. That part was pretty difficult, yeah. Oh, it was totally difficult, but uh, I didn't fully realize that that's what that particular Emmy, like that's his power was, is that he could hear where you were in the entire map all the time. So I was just sitting in the Powerball, like invisible and be like, okay, he's gone. I'm going to move and be like, beep. Like, oh crap, okay, hide again. Hide, wait, wait, (laughs) okay. Okay, I think he's good, okay. And I was like, what is going on? Is he just not leaving? But uh, I was a little slow to that realization, Dylan. I think it tells you. (laughs) I, I must not only it really that. tells you i swear adam like the ai tells you he might have I, I don't know i definitely missed it though yeah i don't know i i picked i picked up on it very quickly i don't know um were there any other parts that felt like really difficult for no like personally there was a bit of a blunder on my part um basically right away because i can't remember all the zone names but the lava area to the right when you first get there I was confused because like there's nowhere to go in it. And so I just left and was like stumped. But it's just classic Metroid. You're just supposed to shoot a wall and continue. Yep. Like I, yeah. I would just it was just such a blunder on my part, but I was like, like, what the fuck? Like how that do I do was this? How- <laughs> that was the only time I was actually substantially lost in the game. Yeah. Uh and the I like went there. Saw I couldn't go anywhere, and exactly that. I wandered back and forth between the zones where I was like, yeah, usually when this happens, you just got to start shooting blocks on the wall, and maybe if I shoot over here, oh, there it is. It's just a fake wall. It was just one of those times where it's like, I again, another time where I had difficulty was it was one of the higher zones with a lot of Chozo artwork in it. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And there's a there's two Chozo units that you have to fight. They're quite fast. And Wait, the, the warriors mm-hmm. or the uh, the like automatron kind of guys. Oh the shit! Robots. Right, there's two ones. Um, it's it's basically it's right after you get the uh, what the quintuple missile. Oh um, yeah, the multi locking missile. The multi lock missile. Yeah. yeah. So right after I got that, you go into that fight, and I was just like having such a hard time with that fight, and then I'm just mm-hmm. like. Oh yeah, wait, guy, guy, come on. This is a Nintendo game. You have to use the tool that you just added to your arsenal. <laughs> yeah. And it immediately was like, oh, this is easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, that's the thing. I I did not like those enemies specifically, like the robot Chozo warrior dudes. Uh the first time you fight them, I think is in like the it's like one of the first times you go to the like the jungle zone. Yeah. And Oh my god! Like I, I don't think I died that entire game, other than that first fight with that guy. I died like like ten times, and I was like, "What the oh. hell am I doing wrong with this?" Guy? That's really good, actually. Yeah, did you guys yeah. take a photo of your mission results? Uh, no, I didn't. Okay, because I actually died sixty-five times. Ah, uh, only a few off. I can <laughs> believe I died in the hundreds. <laughs> like I was dying quite a bit in this game, actually. Oh really? Oh. Yeah, I don't know. There's just spots where you just you just randomly get 
fucked. <laughs> I have to double check my stats, but I I don't think I I don't think I died that much. But yeah, I was playing on easy. What? Oh, that would that would definitely be it. Oh no! So shit. maybe that's why. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm here to experience the story, and that's it. Okay. Oh yeah, the thrilling story <laughs> and the movement. Actually, I was I always get annoyed with games that lock difficulties behind beating the game. Not oh, that yeah. I thought that I needed to play on hard mode for this. I found that normal was quite adequate for difficulty level. Mm-hmm. But it is nice to have the option right off the bat. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Um, I think that kind of ties into this game's like replayability, though, is like what they're trying to go for. And also, I think we briefly mentioned this, the speed running aspect of it. And we've mm-hmm. been talking about this on the Neon White episode as well. But like, I feel like they really like we're trying to go for a speed running kind of thing with this game specifically because like yeah with like the, the whole mission results and like the, your time and oh it's like well metroid has always had that has it always yeah. had that uh, it's always had it's that. always and told you your clear time and your percentage of items yep wow, okay. and actually in the earlier games so in this game i believe that the different ending screens are locked behind item completion but actually traditionally it's been time completion that determines the ending so oh. I think Super Metroid, in order to get the um, like the classic Sam takes <laughs> off all her armor and is in like her underwear, basically the bikini, the bikini, <laughs> the bikini ending. Yeah, the bikini <laughs> ending. You need to complete it within three hours or something like that. Oh wow! Okay. Um, which is all about just knowing where to go as you play instead of wondering mm-hmm. like what am I supposed to do now, etc. Yeah, yeah. Getting that bikini ending the first playthrough would be quite the feat. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, her feet. Oh, her feet are in it. <laughs> I want the feet ending. <laughs> if you complete in half an hour, you get that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, some of the fights. Oh, Kraid being back in this game. I I know he's been a previous boss in I think Super Metroid, but like Metroid, the- Super Metroid, the Prime. Oh, really? Oh, he's oh, like okay. a cl- thought, he's like yeah. a staple. He's as much of a staple as is Ridley. So I was a little shocked that Ridley oh. didn't make an appearance in some form. <clears throat> yes, I know that, that he's died a billion times, so he should be able to come back again. But whatever. I was gonna ask, like, what are the logistics of him being here, and why is he chained up? But I don't know if it did. did that shows get I don't answered? like him that much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just- oh, it shows in um, one of the ending screens if you complete it. Like it shows him being chained up by the Chozo warriors. Oh, okay. By um, uh, what's his name? The main villain, Ravenbeak. Uh, Ravenbeak. Raven yeah, mm-hmm. very bird theme. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. By the way, so interesting thing about Kraid. So I think you're supposed to fight him before you get the um the uh, morph ball form and the bombs with the morph ball form for uh no you have to have the morph ball to get into the little like okay mouth area to get to his area his zone yeah. but uh do you need the okay this the bombs i think you're supposed to get after you can mm-hmm. get them before though and if you look it up online when you you know we get knocked off the top platform you're down there and he has like that big purple belly button thing oh uh, yeah that looks infected you gotta get that i know up, bro. Uh, no here's the it's, thing though. it's healthy it, <laughs> no, if you have the bomb and you like you put a bomb in the little corner of the platform that you're on, you can actually shoot up like with one of those like uh, morph pulsers and it shoots you into the belly button and you bomb in it and it oh, immediately really? defeats him. What? That's actually like a special thing you can do <laughs> in the game. Hilarious. Oh wow. my gosh. 
Samus becomes his like belly button ring for a quick sec. Yeah, you can look it up on YouTube. It's actually really <laughs> fucking funny. I like that they designed some like skips in this game because I've I've heard from like the speedrunning community, like SGDQ and stuff. I think I've watched a couple speedruns of this game. Um that there's like a couple of areas where you can just like bypass the intended area you're supposed to be in at that point and then go back with the upgrades that you've got for tech it's technically supposed to be from later on in the game and just like like I like that they thought about that because like with such a big open map like this like it's kind of impossible for them to to stop everyone from finding ways of getting around certain things i mean unless i mean this game did have like 15 years of development time so i guess they could have put the time in but yeah no i I like i just liked it i like the game design i like it i like movement. Mm -hmm. i like movement i like game i like game you like game okay wrap it up boys that's that's the review yeah <laughs> um yeah so levi you said that you were on easy mode to experience the story um yeah. <laughs> how do we feel about the story <laughs> uh i thought it was cool like in in correlation with like the rest of the series like it's kind of like the build-up the, the fact that it was a continuation of all the other games like i thought it was i thought it did a really good job of continuing it and the overall story is basically Samus getting a contract to come to this planet ZDR or something like that, because there's been a sighting of the X parasite, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then she, you eventually find out that Ravenbeak like tracked or like lured her there because she is like the last living being with Metroid DNA in her system. So the, the, the reason being that Metroid DNA was used to fend off the X parasite in her. Mm-hmm. In my, yeah, yeah, that's what it yeah. is. So, yeah. Yeah, that's the story in the um I think Metroid Fusion where she gets Metroid DNA put in her because the Metroid were developed to fight the X. Mm-hmm. And then that's what also makes her immune to the X and why she like absorbs them whenever she physically like touches a floating X parasite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And actually so, yeah. a really funny thing in the game. Sorry, this is just very random, but when you find all the X parasites, like where they are in in Dread, mm-hmm. um, it kind of just felt like she opened the door for them and was like, "Oops, yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, kinda, yeah." There's that one shot where like like you you open up the containment area that they're in, you go in and explore, and then when you walk out, there's a cutscene that plays where she's like walking out, and she's kind of like, "Well, shit." It kind of <laughs> just felt like it's like, did I forget something? It's like, oh, the door. Ah, oh, yeah, the, the cat the got out. Yeah, And then um, it's really funny. So another spoiler alert. So in previous games, Samus basically uploaded her old commander's personality into a computer and her computer in her ship is called Adam. And she's supposed to be communicating with Adam throughout the game by like these computer systems. It's actually not Adam after the opening scene. It's Ravenbeak like pretending to be Adam. But at one point after after Samus releases the X, Adam, the computer says, "Like, oh, this must be a devious plot by Ravenbeak. Who else could release the X?" <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, he yeah, does. He say did that. say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is so funny. Because yeah. yeah, I remember it said. I remember writing down. It's like apparently Ravenbeak did that, but it looked like we did. Did, that. did he? Now I <laughs> yeah. don't know. Now I have no idea. <laughs> That's so funny. Like that he's impersonating. Like yeah, he's kind of like a mustache, mustache twirling villain. Like oh, it must have been Ravenbeak. Oh, it, it <laughs> yeah. was me. It was me all along. Yeah. 
I think um, it becomes, I, I don't know how, but it, it definitely feels like it's hinted at early on that you're yes. doing as Raven Beak wants you to do. Like he mm-hmm. wants you to keep getting stronger. I never, mm-hmm. I didn't clue in that he was Adam until like, it's basically the reveal. Yeah. So one of the tricks, actually, if you've played the previous games, this is not something I figured on my own. This is something I looked up is that Adam always called Samus lady. Like, that's just what he did mm-hmm. to kind of like piss her off. She didn't like it. So he's like, oh, lady, do this lady, do this. And then oh. he calls her lady early on in the first cutscenes as she's going down to the plant. And then yeah. he never refers to her as lady when you're talking to him. I noticed her interface. I subconsciously I did noticed not that. notice wow. that. I did yeah. not notice that. And then I think he may say it like one time when you get out of the plant and you actually encounter him on the ship again. He mm-hmm. he's a little bit different when you encounter him there. So that's how you also kind of clue in that Adam's not really Adam. The other thing is that he keeps complimenting Raven Beaks and like, oh, you're no match for him at all. Yeah. Like he's way <laughs> beyond your abilities. It's not a fair fight. You have to yeah. get stronger. <laughs> That is pretty funny. Actually, yeah, thinking back on that now is very funny. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I, I for some reason I totally forgot about the reveal, but yeah, that is hilarious. Hmm. God. Also, Raven, because your dad, that's another thing. That's yeah. the, that was a major thing. And I was quite surprised that they went with that. The classic Star Wars reveal. It, it was a little bit of a Star Wars reveal. Uh, yeah, it was interesting, though, that. Uh, it was never fully explained before this and kind of weird that it wasn't. But Ravenbeak used Samus's arm cannon, and that's kind of why she uses that weapon, too. It's that it's his thing. Yeah. And he contributed DNA to her like techniques. So that mm-hmm. was kind of an interesting spin on it. Yeah, I can see that. I, I definitely just at, at the beginning, like the first cutscene where you first see him on the bridge and you have that like, kind of duel with him real quick. I just saw that as like, oh, okay, this is just like Chozo power armor. This is like the way that they yeah. weaponize it. But no, I guess that makes sense. He's kind of, yeah, he's like the progenitor, the first mm-hmm. version of Samus. I'm your papa. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, talking about that first cutscene, I guess that, that makes sense as to why Ravenbeak just leaves Samus there. Because like they have that fight and then he's got her by the neck and then he she kind of like like starts passing out and then goes bug eyed for a second. Then it cuts and then she wakes up on the floor. Like I I was assuming that it was just because like her Metroid powers were awakened and then like it kind of injured him or something, but like it might've been a combination of both, but it might've also just him been like, okay, she needs to get stronger before I can fully take her out. I guess. Got toughen the girl up. Yeah. No, the whole thing is that he wanted to clone her to make the most powerful Metroid army, which by mm-hmm. the way, we can finally call Samus Metroid now. Yes. <laughs> yeah, finally. She is now the title she character. Is, she is now the eponymous Metroid. Yeah. <laughs> She's finally Metroid. Now, if only Link were to become Zelda finally. <laughs> <laughs> yes, go to the clinic first. <laughs> I definitely wanted to talk about some of the uh, boss battles. I mean, I guess I already mentioned the Chozo duel one. I mm. one little one, like uh, I can't remember. I should have written down some of the creature names, mm. but you'll know which one I'm talking about as soon as I say it. There's one where it starts blowing wind in a direction, and you oh, basically have to become Flappy Bird for a little second. There. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember I, that one. I quite like that. That was a that fun was mechanic. Mm-hmm. I um. Uh, just the boss fight with Ravenbeak, actually, we should talk about because I thought that was oh my so God. intense. Like, so 
I was okay. I was just about to say that like all the bosses were pretty hard, but that one mm-hmm. went to like Cuphead, like Inkwell Isle three level threat. I yeah. okay. So basically, here's my review of it: is that I played Super Metroid right before this, and the end of Super Metroid, in my opinion, is really disappointing because the Mother Rain boss fight is not that difficult in the game. Mm-hmm. It's cool looking, good design, but it's not that fun mechanically. And I had that in mind going into this one because I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, this is yeah, so dude. intense and such it's such a well-designed boss fight, too. I, it is. Yeah, it's, it's hard as nails, though. Like, holy yeah, like, shit. I was, I'll say for all the boss fights in Dread, I liked them a lot because they all felt like puzzles where, like, once hmm. you kind of figure it out, it was easy. But it was getting your head around, like, the exact, exact timing of the mechanics. Like, you might kind of know what to do but you still need to work through it, die a few times. With that one, it was like, get fucking good or get out. And I actually yeah. had to like completely go through the game again, looking for more um, health and missile packs, just because it's like, I'm only getting, like I got to th- phase three once and then immediately got my ass handed to me. Mm-hmm. Like after so many tries on phase one and two, I need to level up. Like it was- yeah. I was a little frustrated with just being like, fuck, there's a third phase. <laughs> I know. This is really hard. Like, I, you have to do pretty well to just even learn the phase for, like, the yep. third phase. Yeah. It actually mm-hmm. remi- it reminded me a lot of, like, Elden Ring or Dark Souls kind of bosses a little That's, bit. I, I felt like they were really, like, looking at Dark Souls bosses. Actually, like, I was yeah, just, actually, I just said it. I actually just said what it reminded me of was it really does remind me of Cuphead bosses where you have to memorize the attack patterns. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. even, actually, I don't know if you guys played Boss Rush afterwards. I, I played it a few times just to give it a shot. No, I didn't. It really felt like like a Cuphead connection there. Like, you know, Cuphead was inspired by a lot of stuff, but like the way that your mechanics work in the both of those games is like actually kind of similar. Not exactly the same, mm. obviously, but like there's platforming mm. in some of the levels. There's counters there's jumping and spinning in there's the dodges mm-hmm. um yeah exactly one one mechanic that i didn't actually get the first time in the fight with ravenbeak was putting the power bomb down to take out the golden sun that he spawns in the third phase yeah i didn't oh. i didn't I did not get that at all. I figured oh, yeah. that oh, out. I, that. I figured that out in the boss rush, but not in the actual like final fight oh, with man. him. Fair that enough. would make it so much harder if you didn't do yep. that. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't do that at all. I just had to dodge the sun. Yeah. Let me tell you, it sure did. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, I still remember the first time I saw it, he put up the sun and starts shooting out as he's trying to like do his like Kamehameha blast at me and get like, how the fuck am I supposed to do this? That was my reaction to it. Yeah, I died to it a few times at first. And then I was like, okay, well, I have to be able to stop this somehow. Like, there's no way I can dodge that. I can't time that. I'm not that skilled. I'm playing on easy. <laughs> and so I just like started throwing everything I had at him and eventually found out. <laughs> I eventually found out the super bomb is the way to go. I can't do that. <laughs> I'm playing on easy, man. God. I don't know. Powerbomb just never really occurred to me as an attack option, even though it is very powerful. For yeah. me, I was actually using up my power bones for them because um, in phase two, he has that attack where he like flies from one side of the screen to the other. But if you're in morph ball form, he won't get you. So whenever I went to morph ball form, I was like, I'm just going to drop power bomb while I'm down here to damage him. You didn't just slide? No, I, oh. I morph balled because I'm like, oh, I drop bombs and get some extra damage in. Fair, fair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, the boss fight was really good, I thought. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then obviously, I guess after the boss fight, the Metroid oh. classic, 
Planet's blowing up, people. Yeah. Oh my god. So you but I think Levi talked about the idea like, oh yeah, you start weak and then you go get like more and more powerful. But this yeah. game, you know, you don't start off that weak, you still have some fun move. But in terms of getting more and more powerful, that oh, is man. an all-time record for oh, right. Sorry, the... I I forgot. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, you go Metroid Saiyan in that mode. Yeah. At the end, yeah, there. you you go Super Metroid. Yeah, you go Super Metroid. Yeah, I'm Super Metroid. Yeah, like Super Sonic. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. you said like you're just running through the plant with the beam, just blasting. Oh right. man, Whoa. It, so it was, so OP. It was, it was so awesome. It was awesome and like just kind of funny. Like, yeah, I don't even know what triggers the a, the planet to explode, but it it's, it kinda, it's just you know. It, it's like it Sam's losing her powers and you having to find them again. It's like, eh, it's happened again, guys. You gotta do it. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, yeah. listen, Samus went there to take out the expert sites. She understood the assignment. Yep. <laughs> That's what she said to Quiet Robe. She, was, she got it done. Yeah. Oh, yep. speaking of Quiet Robe. Yeah, okay, right. What the fuck was with the ending? Like, why? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, after <laughs> yeah. you see Quiet Robe and then he gets killed by that the the chozo robot yeah he thing. gets he gets murked very quickly yeah. and then he gets affected with an ex-parasite yeah and then the ex-parasite doesn't seem to like just copy him it like fully takes over his body and then it kind of like merged with his consciousness i think because that's not what happens with ex-parasites they just take no, on know. the form of a being and then mm -hmm. so but that's the thing an ex-parasite usually would attack Wait, I'm, I don't know. But, it just didn't make any sense to me. Yeah. It felt to me like like the ex-parasite is like, I don't know if it's like a singular singular organism or if it's like a collective consciousness, like merging with... I think they work as like a singular thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. okay. But like yeah. merging with Quiet Robe and all the knowledge he has on ex-parasites and stuff might have been like, I don't know if it was just like a self-preservation thing where it's like, okay, I'm not going to try and just take over everything. I'm going to try and be peaceful and get his out of spirit, here. His spirit uh, overpowered the ex-parasite. It was just Which, so damn quiet. And then again, I feel like this is like one of those things where I just don't understand the absorption thing where mm. it's like, okay, so she can't touch the ship because she's going to drain the power. Oh, yeah. yeah, right. Oh, that was a Metroid thing, though. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I know, I know that Metroids do that, but then why it would her absorbing an ex-parasite nullify the Metroid effect that she's going through? I don't uh, know. It yeah. felt very Majin Buu logic from uh, <laughs> from Dragon Ball Z, where I didn't understand anything they were talking about. Yep. Yeah. It seemed to just... Uh, yeah, I feel like they're just kind of making up like rules for the ex parasite and kind of shifting around exactly what it does as like mm -hmm, a yeah. for plot or dramatic convenience. Space magic. Yeah. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely where the lore and like the story kind of fell apart a bit. It was very minor. Even though for me. it was like the ending was still amazing and super cool. It's yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. a little tiny tidbit here and there where you're like, I don't understand that really. Yeah. The thing about the Metroid story is in this case, it's very, it's better presented and feels more thematically coherent. It mm -hmm. doesn't mean it's exactly a tight plot necessarily. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. Yeah. Sorry. No. Um, yeah. Okay. No. So, 
in conclusion with Metroid Dread then, like, what did you guys think of it overall? Like, is a game, like, did you enjoy your time with it? Was it fun? Did you enjoy the, the themes, if there was many deep themes to it? Yeah, so, I, that's the thing. I feel like we usually have themes to, f like, follow up with that we talk about, you know, in, in a lot of the games that we've talked about, especially with, like, mm -hmm. the previous one being The Forgotten City, which we won't talk about because Levi yeah. hasn't technically played it yet. Mm -hmm. And this one doesn't necessarily have a theme because it's just meant to be a, a video game. Yeah. Like and it's honestly, just Nintendo's it, it's just Nintendo's way like of making games. Like Mario doesn't have a fucking theme. Well, I don't know about that. Except for misogyny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, misogyny definitely. Um I would argue that the game has themes and vibes, but no like it doesn't necessarily have a thesis to it. It's Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. You, you like, know what? That's our case. Sometimes yeah. we just got to play games for having fun, and that's what mm -hmm. we want to do sometimes. Actually, every episode of this podcast, we want to play games that are fun, and if they have a good thesis along with it, then that's just a bonus. Mm -hmm. You don't play games for fun. You play League of Legends. <laughs> on easy mode. On easy mode. I only, on play, easy mode. I only play you, me. Okay? <laughs> if you play League, you know what I mean. Um, okay, well... Yeah, no, I, I personally really liked the game. I thought it was tons of fun. The combat was way better than Super Metroid, which I bounced off of quickly. But, you know, being able to shoot in 180 degrees, that'll do it. That'll do it for me. Um, the story with its problems was was overall good. I liked how it continued the actual story from the previous games and stuff. Yeah, I, I really, really like this game. I think it's one of my favorite uh, Metroidvanias, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would I would say as a more long-term Metroid fan, I'm really happy with it. Um, I didn't fully commit, but I ripped through this thing in like two days where I just started playing and just would not stop all day. Mm -hmm. It's just I got to keep going through this. It's so good. Hell yeah. Um, I would say that um, in the modernization, there are some things that I feel didn't translate fully from the previous games. Um, the tone except for the Emmy sections was not quite as potent ambient as say Super Metroid was, but it's more than made up for in terms of the gameplay improvements and the story improvements, mm -hmm. especially just the movement is so much better. And even something like the speed at which you transition between rooms, which is measured in seconds in previous games, where in this one you just can rip through the entire map within like 30 seconds mm -hmm. it's a huge improvement and i the thing about being a metroid fan is that they release so few of the games like <laughs> yeah. like you zelda people at least get a few games every decade we get one or two <laughs> yeah yeah, this yeah. One took 15 that's years fair. that's fair so i hope they just make more metroids and like can actually use this template as a springboard for whatever they want to do next totally and they get to us faster yeah I, I'm hoping it's going to be another Metroid pinball. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess my final thought is, yeah, just game was really good. Um, yeah, I don't know if I have much else to say. I think if you listen to the podcast, we all really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. I'm just trying to think if there was, was like any final thing. I'm just trying to think if there was a final thing that I wanted to say about it. Game was I good. Play game. I Fun think game. one. I game think good. One yeah. I think it's good is a game where like <laughs> there's no real like negative sore points to it like that are bad even even if the story is a bit underwhelmed places like that doesn't really detract from it substantially again and i think the few really good, times really 
I think the few things I could say, like the few things I could negatively say about the game were me being dumb at certain points in the game and just having the difficulty locked behind beating the game. Yeah. That's and, pretty that's pretty minor. <laughs> and I would add on onto that uh, the classic Metroid kind of way of exploration. Uh, like it only happened like once or twice, like you were saying, where like you oh, actually, were stuck by because you couldn't find the one block you had to shoot. I remember no, 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 I just that, remembered that what I wanted much. to say because Dylan sorry, um just yeah, go going on. off of something Dylan said is uh one of the things that you don't want to do is stop playing this game because you'll all of a sudden feel very lost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it also if you stop at the wrong point, you don't know if you need to go up, left, right, or down. So yeah, you t- you kind of want to keep your momentum going. There's certain games where you don't want to stop because there's a certain like mental momentum you have. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, actually, I find I'm I'm that way with a lot of games. Like like if I were to go back and play, say, um, Elden Ring, uh, I, I just restarted like- it recently, mm-hmm. and yeah. I kind of was I kind of. I feel like I stopped myself at a point where I kind of knew where I was supposed to go, but mm-hmm. it was weird where I was like, what was I doing? And like, they don't have like a quest marker system in it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So no, that's a, that's a good point. Yeah. I, I could definitely see stopping playing this game for like a significant amount of time, like a week or two and coming back to it and being like, I am completely lost. I don't really want to start from the beginning and yeah. I, I always see myself just never picking it up again. So yeah, I would definitely just, just beat it if you can. Go, go, go. Speedrun. Go, go, go. It's good go. enough to do that. Yeah. I was actually thinking of speedrunning the boss rush because uh, I was watching some of the speedruns for that. And I was like, these look sick. And they're very quick if you can get good at them. Oh, <laughs> like the, like the record was like five minutes. Wow. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I think that's pretty much it for today. Hey, guys. Like, yeah, I don't need to mm-hmm. say anything more. I'm out of yeah. words. Okay, well, I guess before I want to we... press buttons. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Before Tell us which we... buttons to press next. <laughs> the next button we'll be pushing is the one in the game Somerville. And if you're not familiar with it, it's a game done by one of the co-founders of the studio, uh, Dino Patti, who worked on the original game, um, who originally worked on the games of Limbo and Inside, which are some of my favorite games. Same. Um, if, you, if you haven't played them, I highly recommend those games as well. But because he's come out with this new game, Somerville, which looks to be very similar in gameplay to those to Limbo and Inside, which is just like adventure kind of side scrolling games with heavy emphasis on narrative and environmental puzzle solving and stuff. Just because it's from these same guys is the main reason why I wanted to play this. So, yeah. I think we're all excited to play it because, yep. yeah, the environmental storytelling in all in the, the previous two games are just, again, chef's kiss. <laughs> yeah. I don't so, know that, yeah. Yeah. No, that, I think that's a technical term for uh, game design and stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, play that in preparation for your next episode. And that's pretty much it from us. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe. If you're listening on your favorite podcatcher, please rate and subscribe there for more episodes in the future. I'm Levi. I've been joined by Scott and Dylan, and we've been very good video games. See you all next time. Peace out. All right. I got to get out of here. My house is going to explode in three minutes. Oh, shit. Run. <laughs> Bye, everyone.